All right. Well, we'll get into the word. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your holy written word. Uh, we thank you that it's life. It is health. It is prosperity to us. It's a blessing. It gives us wisdom and strength and peace and comfort. We thank you that your word helps us to be kind to others, to reach out and love people, to uh, have uh, that kind of compassion that we need towards the world that you have. And your word is uh, shed, uh, your Holy Spirit is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. We thank you that you help us tonight to know you and to see your will for our lives clearly in Jesus name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, we have been calling February Miracle Month, yes. Financial Miracle Month, yes. and I'm, I'm teaching, I've been teaching on Grace to Prosper, and so I thought I would go into maybe another subject, but the Lord just had said, you know, if you want manifestations of financial miracles, you're going to have to keep the, uh, the, the uh, spigot turned on um, to have faith released if you want to see manifestations. Amen. I remember years ago when I was in, at Rama, 1980, it was um, a wonderful year. Um, in the mornings, you know, we went to school. In the afternoons, I had the privilege of going to prayer school at 1 and a healing school at 2.15. And our instructors, Patsy uh, Bierman, now Caminetti, <laughs> she she taught a prayer school, which was tremendous. And then uh, Brother Kenneth e. Hagen taught every day at healing school. Now, I was young, you know, 20, and not really at that point needing any healing in my physical body, thank God. But I went to hear him every day, every day for nine months. That I could go. Not, I, you know, there was times that I didn't get to go, but mainly, uh, pretty much all the time. And I tell you, I came out of that nine months secured in the fact that Jesus wanted me to walk in divine healing Amen. all the time. Amen. Amen. And it's because I sowed that word from a, a man of God every day into my spirit, meditated on that, and uh, you, nobody could talk me out of it. And I'm. 62 now and nobody can still talk me out of it (laughs) amen but it's because i think you just get that word sown and sown and sown and sown and it just brings uh, a foundation and and a settling um, in your heart and your mind it's beautiful the way that happens amen and so uh, we maybe we should have prosperity school i don't know um but you know We've we've thought about it, haven't we? We've thought about it uh, because many times people are struggling in this area. And how would you know unless you hear the word that God has ideas about this? In fact, he has mighty, wonderful ideas, and we need to think his thoughts. So in saying all that tonight, I'm going to teach a little more about, you know, financial help from the Lord. And I'm calling this God's provision. Amen. Amen. Now, um, I was reading the Bible. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 4, verse 22. I was reading just in my own personal devotion time. And uh, I showed David the scripture. Of course, you know, he's preached this. And it's so powerful uh, the way he preaches it. But I said, look at this in the New International Version. I mean, New Living Translation. Okay. So uh, Galatians 4.22 says, 
The scriptures say that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. The son of the slave wife uh, was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. A human attempt. And when I read that, I mean, it jumped out of the page because I don't know about you, but I've been guilty of trying to help God along with things, you know, and my feeble efforts to bring his will to pass instead of allowing him to lead and guide me and sometimes waiting on him. Amen. Which was a problem with Sarah, Sarah, you know, Sarah, she had a little problem. She thought she should, you know, speed things up a little bit and give God some help. Can you imagine the arrogancy of that? But I think we've all done it at times, you know. Um, we're just, you know, tired of waiting here, God, so we'll just come up with our own little plan. And oh my, how it messed, messed some things up, didn't it? Yeah. So God's using this as, a, as an example of what human attempts can bring in our lives. And that's a lot of problems, a lot of heartache. And sometimes, as we'll see tonight in some scriptures, sometimes death. Because we're departing from the will of God and doing our own will. Amen? Um, so this slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise. Uh, what he promised, she was at this point in her life, Sarah, what, uh, what he promised, he was not able to bring it to pass, so she took over. <laughs> she took it into her own hands. Yeah. But the son of a freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. Praise God, she got back into faith, dealt with a situation that she had to deal with, with Hagar, and got back into faith, amen, yeah. and had the promised child. So she saw the results of God's promise when she simply believed and let God work. Amen? Um, Let's look at Genesis chapter 3. And I want to take you back to uh, the book of beginnings here for a minute. Just look at some of this. Genesis chapter 3. Man's feeble attempt to bring to pass God's promises Instead of letting God do his work the way only he can do it in the, in the best kind of way. <laughs> and just simply believing and trusting in him. Now I've seen this and we'll see, uh, tonight, uh, that many times we do this with finances. We do this with things. We, we think, well, I don't know if God's able to do it, so I'll make a way for it to happen. I'll make a way, right? Um, I don't know if God can, uh, you know, bring me whatever I need. So I'll just go out and try to get it. I'll go out and try to find it. I'll try to, you know, I've seen women uh, think that God's not ever going to bring them a husband. So they go and try to find one. And then they get in a lot of trouble when the Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So, you know, the husband, the man should be finding the wife, actually, instead of the other way around. So that, you know, we, we need to go with God's plan. Amen. It's just a better plan 
But in desperation sometimes, impatience, when we should be persevering in faith, um, and sometimes it just takes longer than we want. I heard Reverend Keith Moore say last night, you know, we, we always want it now. We always want it. We want it. We want it yesterday instead of allowing God to work, work it out and bring it to pass. It took Abraham 25 years to receive what God promised him at 75. He, he received it at 100. And, um, I don't know the reason for all that. I mean, I know that God had to really help him along with, uh, just stay with me, Amen. <laughs> just stay with me. You know, he he had Ishmael at 86, and then God changed his name at 99. So, you know, we see um, God helping him and saying, remember, look at the sand. This is how your uh, descendants will look. Look at the stars. You know, come on, stay with me, <laughs> right? And And God will help you with those things if you're believing him for something and it just seems like it's, taken a little while you know god will help you and give you little nuggets all the way through to that um he'll give you words he'll give you uh you know maybe even if you're believing for finances you'll see something come in supernaturally that you didn't you think oh wow that's cool you know he'll arrange things for you to keep you knowing that you're he's working for you he's working on your behalf amen and um, not that we go by circumstances, but God's just so good that he'll do that. And he did that with Abraham and with Sarah. He changed her name, too. So we see that he was working in her life as well to bring her around to faith in him and not being discouraged. Um, so look at Genesis chapter three. Are you there yet? Yeah. Verse six. Um now, this is talking about Eve here. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, notice she's going by what she's seeing, and that was pleasant to the eyes. Again, looking, you know, she's seeing things and going by the, the seen realm instead of the unseen realm. A tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband with her. And he did eat and the eyes of both them were open. They knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So we see the fall of man simply because uh, she wanted some things. <laughs> and instead of letting God direct and fulfill her life, they were in a beautiful place. They had all the provision they needed and really didn't have to do anything for it. Now, that's an amazing thought, isn't it? Just to keep, you know, dress it and keep it, but not sweat and all that came in later. Toil and uh, that came in after, you know, the fall of man. But they had it pretty nicely. Um, but, you know, seeing uh, uh, that she saw something she couldn't have or, you know, it wasn't the will of God, then she wanted it. And so there was the fall of man. Um, and then, of course, we know the compassion of the Lord. I've teased the other night about a book named fig from fig leaves to furs because he so graciously made them clothes didn't he and really uh helped them but again uh we know that uh it can uh, desires of our heart god is not against giving you the desires of your heart what he's against 
is you trying to do his work. And really the pride of that and the haughtiness of that instead of simply trusting God to bring it to pass. And that's where Abraham and Sarah finally got. They believed God. They considered not their own bodies. They didn't look at the circumstances anymore, but they knew that God was working and that he would do what he needed to do. Hallelujah. Maybe they just had to get to a hundred to totally surrender and say, all right, I'm a hundred now. That's that's pretty old, isn't it? Um, Now, you know, you've got to do this, Lord. There's no way, you know, Um, I don't know. But anyway, I think that um, that we see the hand of God there so mightily uh, to give them a child. It's just a beautiful thing. So, uh, you know, I think that um, Sarah getting discouraged and um, not, you know, not having the child really. And Genesis 16, if you want to see this, I I thought this was interesting about provision. Sometimes when we don't get what we think we want right then. Let's read verse 1, 16, 1. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. Blaming God. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? So many times if hope deferred, you know, makes the heart sick, right? And sometimes we, when we feel a little bit hopeless in our situation, we start saying, well, it must be God trying to teach me something or God's just, you know, holding out for, you know, just because he's restraining, you know, restraining us from being prosperous or, or paying this bill or doing this or whatever. Start blaming God. It's just a human nature, isn't it, to try to blame whoever else and whatever else and uh, instead of taking uh, account of where we are and what we're doing and also uh, our I believe the biggest examination that we can do with ourselves is uh, am I believing God am I really believing God and if I'm not believing God get in the word until you feel that faith rise up you know <laughs> and and that knowing that either we believe the word or it's all a lie what are we doing Right. We either believe the word or we don't and all of it or none of it. And I think that we all know that God's so true to his word. So um, he she made a way here for um, Abram to get with the Egyptian and have uh, Ishmael. And then we talked about that already. So um, I think that uh, trying to come up with our own ideas at times. And I'm not against creativity or imagination. I think it's wonderful. But I think everything should be submitted to God instead of us just going full steam ahead when we think, oh, this is a good idea. You know, they used to say, is that a God idea or a good idea? And I think we need to think about that because there are a lot of good ideas, but some of them we just just kind of conjured up. And it's not God's intention at all. But I'm telling you, when he moves, everybody around is blessed. It blesses everybody. It's really interesting how he's not really just interested in you. He's interested in everybody around you. He's interested in your testimony that will bless others. He wants 
A lot of people blessed by blessing you. And he told Abraham that. He said, I want you blessed, but I want you to be a blessing. So this is how he does mighty things. It's, it's really beautiful. Now, another, uh, another story we see here, um, in Genesis in, is Isaac in chapter 26. If you'll go with me there, there's so much here, but I'm just going to point out a couple of people. Isaac, um, was living, verse 1, uh, this is Genesis 26, 1, and there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went into Abimelech, the king of Philistines, unto Gerar. So this is a really bad time. This is not just recession, uh, gas going up, eggs going up. <laughs> this is famine, no food. Really, really serious situation. And yeah. instead of Isaac just hauling off and going down to Egypt, the Lord spoke to him and said, don't go down to Egypt. And I'm sure he thought at that point, oh, God's got a really good idea here about where there's food besides Egypt. You know, he's going to tell me and let me know where everything is flourishing and wonderful and there's rain and, you know, everything's fine somewhere. But God said, dwell right there in the land that I shall tell thee of, stay here. Stay in this land where there's famine. Now, that wouldn't be probably a good idea, would it? But it was God's idea. It was God's idea. And um, we read something today that said, instead of letting the circumstances lead you, be led from the inside. Be led led from the inner inner man. And, And sometimes you have, you know, you have to really... Draw yourself into a quiet, a quiet place to listen for that still small voice in the midst of a storm or a lot of turmoil. And I have noticed that when the devil comes with one thing, usually he brings about two or three or four other things with it. So there's a lot of wind and there's a lot of waves and there's a lot of, uh, distraction and everything going on, uh, when, when, you really need to quieten yourself down and listen for the Holy Ghost's voice instead of just panic and act. Amen? In fear, really. Um, Jesus was in the midst of that storm. He was asleep in a boat. That's peace, isn't it? I mean, those boats weren't that big. I've seen some of them. You know, they have one in Galilee that... uh, they dug up out there in the Sea of Galilee. And I mean, when I saw it, I thought, where was he asleep? I mean, this is pretty small boat, you know, in the back right there, it's right there. Um, so when the, and they said those storms on, uh, Sea of Galilee can be, can come up really fast and be very fierce. Uh, this was our guide in Israel that was telling us these things. So, uh, he was asleep. Why? Because he had the peace of God. So much so that the the storm beat, you know, it was it was vehemently on, you know, it was very strong storm. And uh, when he spoke, the Bible says it was a very uh, calm, you know, a great storm and a great calm. I love that, don't you? When he spoke to the storm, a great calm. And God wants us really to live in that calmness, undisturbed. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Well, how do you do that? You have to live from the inside out and you have to get into a place at times where you can be quiet and listen to the inner man. Because people will push you, the devil will push you, and circumstances will push you to act and to do things and to say things. But we need to really be quiet. I don't know if Isaac expected God, I don't think he did, expected God to say, stay right there where you are. And I'm sure maybe when he said it, he probably said, like, right here? (laughs) where there's no jobs and there's no income and there's no crops and there's no, 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 except horribleness, right? This is where you want me to stay? But he said, sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. Where? In the land of famine? Yep. I will bless thee. And so he did. He stayed right there. And verse 6 says that, and Isaac dwelt in Jerar. People always running around saying, well, I could get a better job if I lived in California. I could get a better job if I lived. But God wants you to bless you right where you are. Amen? Right here in Holiday, Florida. Think about it. He can bring millions of dollars to you right here where you are. You don't have to run around seeking where you could go find some. Praise the Lord. Um, so we see that uh, he had so much provision. Look at verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year in that place a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him just like he promised. Remember the promises of God. Yes. Go with the promises of God. What are his promises? Well, there's a whole book right here full of them. Yes. Get in here and learn the promises and then hold God to his promise. Amen. Instead of us trying to make feeble human attempts to bring his will to pass. Let him do it. Look at verse 14. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. They were envious of all he had. And, uh, you know, there was some trouble then. They tried to fill in his wells, etc. But the Lord continued to prosper and help Isaac in everything because he was blessed. Amen? So um, we see, and of course the stories go on from there in uh, uh, Jacob's life and we see even in Joseph's life as well, the blessing of the Lord. Now, I wanted just to mention a couple of things before we go here. Uh, about this uh, provision that God wants for you. He wants you to have everything you need, and really he wants to give you more just to show off, I think, just to show what he can do. Amen? He's always done that with all of his blessings. We see when he fed the 5,000, there was leftovers. Amen? And uh, God's just like that, how he does things. And so we see with Elijah... When uh, he needed food and water, there was a famine there, and he went to the widow woman. This, this woman, in her attempt, her human attempt to live, she said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to eat this little cake and you know, with my son, and then we're going to die. That was her plan. This is my human, feeble attempt to survive for five minutes, right? And then we're going to die. Well, Elijah had a better plan, and God had a better plan. And 
it's interesting. She knew the plan because God said to Elijah, I have commanded a widow woman to sustain thee. Now, she probably, I don't know, I'm a woman and I'm human and she was a woman and she's human. She probably heard God say, I'm sending Elijah, you're going to sustain him and everything's going to be okay. But then she started thinking about it, thinking, I don't have anything to sustain him with. What are you talking about? Sustain another man? I'm a woman, I'm going to sustain a man? When my little boy, I'm a single mother, and we don't have but this much? How You know, how in the world? So when Elijah told her, you know, that what God had said, she she said she didn't even say that God had already told her. She just said her plan. Well, we're going to have this, and we're going to die. Elijah actually saved her life and her son's life. Because And she could have gone with her plan, right? She could have. She could have said, go jump in the lake, Elijah, you know. Uh, but, but he, you know, she yielded finally just like uh, Abraham and Sarah did and received the promise of God through an act of obedience. And that was giving him a little cake first, right? And then that... Uh, Sustaining powers was there for her for many, many days. I think a full year, actually. So we see that uh, God's plan is better, isn't it? His promises are true, and he brought it to pass. Um, I was thinking about Judas. You know, the the Bible uh, says that God um, will sustain, well, I believe that... uh, in fact, I heard Brother Hagen say this, that about the hundredfold return, really that's talking about full-time ministry a little more. I'm sure it can apply to anybody, but that now in this life, you know, you shall receive a hundredfold houses, brethren, whatever you've given up for the gospel. And he said, you know, it's really more in line for five-fold ministry gifts because they have given up everything, you know, their whole life for the gospel. Um, but Judas, instead of knowing that Jesus said, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this life, came up with his own plan about blessing himself by stealing. Stealing from the treasury of the Lord. Why did he do that? I believe that it's that human attempt to make a living the way you feel like that's the only way I can do it. When God has promised you everything, and he have full provision if you'll just trust him, amen, instead of leaning to the arm of the flesh. And people, I think that's why people do uh, many times steal things. It's because they're trying to meet their own needs without God. And the Bible says, let him that stole steal no more, but let him work with, willingly with his hands that he would have to give. It doesn't even say that he would have to make a living. Yeah. It says that he would have to give because God knows that he has that system of seed, time, and harvest. And you work, really, for a giving instead of a living. Yeah. I mean, I know that's a hard concept for some of us to grasp. True. But his system he has set up is so much bigger and so much more powerful than our little employment. Yeah. Amen. Amen? 
So what does he do? He gives you a job, and thank God he does, for seed. <laughs> really? That's really what it's all about. So that you can live off of his provision, which is good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give to your life. Well, I just can't, you know, grasp all that. But, well, just meditate on it. Amen? Just meditate on it. Praise God. Now, we'll close with this. Let's look at Joshua. This is another little situation they had. Joshua, uh, and um, you know that they were supposed to take Jericho. The battle plans had been given to them. They were going to walk around, shout. The seventh day, they were going to shout and blow the trumpets, and the walls were going to fall down. And they did. Right? The tremendous miracle at Jericho. And God told them, when you get to the city and you the walls fall down, save Rahab and her family, and everything you get, this is uh, chapter 6 and verse 19, the silver you get, the gold, the vessels, the brass, the iron, all of it is going to come into the treasury of the Lord. Everything there. Don't take anything. This is really a type of the tithe because this was the first battle and the first 10% of all of our income belongs in the treasury of the Lord. Amen? So this was kind of a type of that. And he said, don't take anything, but uh, give it all to the treasury of the Lord. Yeah. Now, that was God's plan. But man wants to bless himself sometimes. Yeah. And thinking that God will forget about him. Well, God blesses everybody else, but not me. You know, the devil will lie to you and say that to you. Don't believe the devil. Know that God's blessing is for everybody. Amen. And so they go to Ai, the next bot battle, and get whipped. And Joshua is horrified because he's courageous, he's strong, just like God said to be. And they lose the second battle, and he tears his clothing and gets the ashes going. And God said, get up from there. Somebody stole something in Jericho. Stole the tithe. Robbed God. Isn't that interesting? Robbed me of what I said to do. In other words, you going on with your own plan instead of going with God's plan. Which comes with tremendous promise and blessings. Amen. Are you with me? Or did you go home? <laughs> Not going home yet. Okay, good. So uh, we, we look over in chapter 7 and verse 21, and we see Achan, the achy, breaky heart of Achan. <laughs> you remember that song? That yeah. dates me, doesn't it? Anyway, um, verse 21, Achan said, When I saw among the spoils, or in other words, the riches, at Jericho, he's talking about a goodly, wonderful suit from Neiman Marcus. No, it doesn't actually say that. <laughs> it does say a goodly Babylonian garment. It must have been really fine, right? And I saw 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels of weight. I coveted them. Because... In his mind, this is the only way he's ever going to have a Babylonian garment and two shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels. It's the only way he'll ever have them is to steal them. He was stealing from the wrong person, though, right? 
He thought, I got to bless myself because I'll never be blessed with something this nice. Silver and gold and all. When all along, God was going to let them have everything in AI. The next battle and the next battle and the next battle that they won. And caused them to be victorious in every battle. And come out with more spoils than they could hardly carry. Isn't that something? But instead of waiting on the Lord and letting the Lord work His promise in our life, many times we get to thinking, well, if I got to, if I want a nice car, you know, I'm getting older and I got to go out and, you know, do this and do that and work this out and do this and get, get it going. Cause I'll never have one if I don't do it my own self with what we call self-effort, self-attempt, feeble tries, right? And so, uh, of course, you know that he, he lost his uh, family. He lost everything. He died because of his situation. He could have lived and he could have been a wealthy man, just like all the other uh, Israelis were. And so I think the lesson here is to see the plan of God and go with God's plan. Trust him. And I've always, in fact, I have it written in the back of my Bible. Is he trustworthy? Is God trustworthy? Then trust him. Amen. And sometimes I'll have to say that to myself when the circumstances are loud and speaking to me. I will say out loud, is God trustworthy? Yes, he is trustworthy. Then Scarlett is going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. Amen. I'm going to keep my eyes, just like we sang tonight, on Jesus. I'm going to turn my eyes off of all this, whatever mess is going on. And I'm going to look at the face of Jesus. And I'm going to say to him, I believe you. I believe your promise. You've never failed me yet, ever. And you won't ever fail me. (laughs) Hallelujah. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. So uh, let hope this encouraged you tonight. I believe that God's sustaining power is enough for us. Amen. It's enough for us. And we don't have to fear. He's with. He is with you. Even if you're in a famine right now, he's with you. And he's working it out. And he'll bring you through the fire and through the flood into a wealthy place. Amen. That's the scripture. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I was talking to a young woman today, not today, a couple of days ago, and uh, she's having a tough time financially. And I said, well, where's your prosperity scriptures? Get them out, read them. And something jumps out on the page to you about that. You know, you've got to get the one that jumps out at you. Do you know what I mean by that? The one you go, oh, look at that. And you read it. You read them all until you get one of those. And then that becomes you, your heart and your mouth or your heart and your mouth. And that's the one that's going to get you past it and get you uh, the whatever you need. Amen. Amen. So uh, get your get your scriptures out. She said, well, I don't know any scriptures. I thought, well, but that's why we got the problem here. <laughs> Amen. Uh, we got to get to know the scriptures. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Well, before we go, I want to pray for you, especially for your finances and for God's yeah. provision, God's plan, and for you to be persevering in God's plan and not with human attempt and and feeble effort. All right. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan for each one that you, Lord, direct and guide and lead and give wisdom. And we know wisdom in the right.
wisdom, the right arm is long life. The left arm of wisdom is riches and honor. And so we ask for wisdom tonight for everyone listening. We thank you, Lord God, that you are more than enough. And your plan and your Holy Spirit's guidance in our life brings us into that place of full provision every time as you lead us in our thoughts, in our minds, in our words, in our actions, that you lead us into the manifestation of great provision every time. And we thank you for rest and calm in people's minds tonight that they are just like Jesus. They go to bed and they sleep and they don't worry and they don't care. We thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen, amen. amen.